Hi, and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We are recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And today we're going to be continuing our Pride series by talking about LGBTQ plus dyers. This is going to be exciting. Yes. And I know we said this about the designers last week also. There are so many. So, so, so many, which is awesome. This is not a comprehensive list. This is like a few people who we're just particularly excited about right now. Yeah, the community is huge. The yarns that people are producing are widely varied, and there's so much exciting magic being made. So this is like our highlight list of people you should go check out right now, but you should be supporting everyone you can. Right. And just like last week, we're going to link to everybody's Instagram in the show notes. So if you're using some kind of like podcasting app, usually it's a swipe to the left, I believe. Depends on the app, I think. But there will be like a list with a bunch of links and stuff. And if you're on our website, which is makegoodpod.com, it's right there underneath the episode hosted thing that's there. All of the links. So many links. (laughs) It's going to be great. Are you ready? You want to start us off, Karen? The first dyer we wanted to talk about is Alwan Soldan. They are a Chicago-based dyer from Saudi Arabia, and they've been dying since 2016, which feels like it just happened, but was actually like several years ago at this point. Alwan means color in Arabic. They have that in their bio on Instagram, which is pretty cool. They really like dyeing bright colors and moody neutrals. So it's kind of, you can put together some really neat projects with their yarn. They also happen to be pattern designers. They design both knit and crochet patterns, and you can find them on their website. Give them a follow to find out about shop updates and things like that, and check out their yarn. Yeah, their stuff is really exciting. So the next dyer we're going to tell you about is Ken Yarn. Ken Yarn is dyed by Jake. No. Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) Not by Ken. And... The Instagram handle for this dyer is, is that Ken Yarn? And the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Why do people do this to me? I don't even know people's names like for real anyway. And then they do a perfectly plausible name that a person would have. His name, yeah. (laughs) But it's not. So anyway, Jake is a dyer in Providence, Rhode Island, and by day is a speech language pathologist. Oh, cool. Jake dyes really bright, fun colorways, and his collections have a sense of humor, like his a Mean Pearls collection. Yay, Mean <laughs> Girls. And it's just like punchy and fun. And right now, Jake is in the process of releasing Camp Kenyarn 2021, which is like a summer camp themed dyer collaborative. Oh, cool. Which brings together 10 dyers that I assume he's friends with, 10 of his peers, and they have created exclusive colorways to evoke summer camp memories, perhaps. So for this project, he's working with Woolberry Fiber Company, The Wandering Flock, himself, Ken Yarn, duh, and (laughs) The Scranton Stitcher, Seismic Yarns, Viking Fiber Company, Blue Fiber Company, Montana Crochet. Red Door Fiber Studio, and Lola Bean Yarn Company. So there is a wide variety of dye styles that will be present in this collaboration. It's pretty exciting. So you should check it out. 
That's always the best when dyers who are not super similar in style collaborate on projects. I love that. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Urban Girl Yarn is another dyer we wanted to talk about, Sheila, and she's at Urban Girl Yarns on Instagram. She's a Virginia-based dyer. She was featured in our Cast On Club box pretty early on in Cast On Club and actually traveled to visit us and brought a trunk show to the shop, which was pretty exciting. And you can find her yarn on her website, and she also takes it to like fiber festivals and takes it to trunk shows all around the country. So go check out her yarn and pick some up. It's great. Whimsy Stitches is dyed by Rick in New Orleans. And in addition to being a yarn dyer, Rick is also a bag maker. So you can get yarn and project bags from him. His project bags are made with fabric that is like very rainbow themed. That's what's in his shop currently. And I'm not sure if he strays far from that kind of fabric selection, but definitely right now during June, super rainbowy fabric. He also has a great little collection of mini skein sets. And he's got fun things, not just like a classic rainbow, but there's a lesbian pride rainbow and there's bear pride. So <laughs> it's cool. He's got some fun, like different aesthetics happening in his in his shop right now. I'm really excited about this one because one of this dyer's two lines is going to be the next thing we bring into the shop. Oh, yes. I think actually by the time this episode is posted, it might actually be on its way to us. Mm-hmm. So that's Karita of both Neighborhood Fiber Company and Plied Yarn. We're, we're bringing in Plied Yarn. If this airs on Tuesday, it may be shipped yesterday. It's on the way. It's on the way. And you can find her both at Neighborhood Fiber Company and at Plied Yarn Co. on Instagram. She's been dying since 2006, and she has 14 different yarn bases in more than 70 colors. The majority of her bases are GOT certified organic merino. And they're just so gorgeous. I remember even in all of the sort of chaos of VKL a couple years ago, we were like sharks at her booth. We just kept like circling the Neighborhood Fiber Company booth because it was just like calling to us. She's Baltimore based and Neighborhood Fiber Company has a really expansive pride collection that benefits the Baltimore Safe Haven, which provides community support and housing opportunities to the TLGBQ community, which is amazing. And for Plyde, Karita teamed up with her friend, knitwear designer Ann Weaver, and has created a hand-dyed marled yarn that's milled by our friends at Harrisville in New Hampshire. So we are really, we mentioned we're excited. We're super excited. Anything that's milled at Harrisville feels like it's local yarn for us, no matter where it's dyed. Right. So we're like, it's local. We dyed <laughs> Harrisville magic. It has New Hampshire power. sparkle on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about Cabin Boy Knits. <laughs> Christopher is at Cabin Boy Knits on Instagram, and he's also Cabin Boy Knits on his YouTube channel, which you may have come across. And if you haven't, check it out. It's entertaining. It's lots of yarny goodness in a cabin, and he's pretty funny. He is a Canadian dyer who is a natural dyer. He engages in sustainable practices and he works with sheep friendly and environmentally friendly fiber producers and mills. He utilizes foraged and organic dye matter, and sometimes he even uses rainwater or snow in his dye process, which feels like extra Canada rific. <laughs> also, he's a dog person. 
So you know he's quality. He has a really good dog. Is it a poodle? No. Like a big standard poodle mix? I don't know what kind of dog it is. I have no idea. But if you go to his website, he's got one of those websites that has like a cool video in the slider at the top of the page. And it's him and his dog coming out of his cabin. Right. So definitely go check it out if you're into dog content. (laughs) Which we clearly are. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. We want everyone's dog. I really appreciate when dyers, particularly dyers who don't live in a super urban area, because I feel like it's not always really accessible if you're like living in an apartment or something, right? But when dyers are able to use like foraged or locally sourced things like putting out a rain barrel is such an extra step toward being as sustainable as possible. And it's really great. Mm -hmm. It's special. Nittenbro, Doug. Oh, Doug. We stock his yarn in the store and his yarn is often one of the first things that people who come into the store react to. They're like really excited to see his yarn because it's really saturated. It's just so pretty. He's a Latino dyer in the Philadelphia area, and he dyes intense moody colors and also has an awesome cat, who I'm sure is super helpful all the time. If you follow him on Instagram, you might have seen him posting about dyeing on a yak base recently, and that's related to a secret project collaboration thing that he's doing with us, and we'll be telling you all about it in September. Yay! But it's been really cool to see. It's so good. Yeah. Y'all are going to be so excited about this. I mean, we are. Right. Doug also sometimes posts videos on his Instagram of his DIY skein twister. Mm -hmm. It's fancy. There are ways to twist skeins, right? You can twist skeins with your human hands, which works if you're like an individual person. You can... (laughs) (laughs) And and not a collective group of people. (laughs) At a certain point, that becomes a little bit like I've twisted a lot of skeins, right? Oh, yeah. It's exhausting and bad for your wrists. There's also, and we actually got one of these for the shop pretty recently, and I love it a lot, like a little motorized skein twister with like a hook. I like it a lot. It's called a skein twister. Doug has rigged something up where he has attached a drill to his countertop, and he's like made his own skein twister. And I just think that's so cool. Creative solutions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His yarn is super gorgeous. We really have loved working with him and love working with him and cannot say enough good things about Doug's yarn. Mm-hmm. Our next dyer we actually mentioned in our last episode, because she's also a designer, Anna Campos of Toil and Trouble. On Instagram, she's at Toil Trouble. She's a Brazilian dyer and designer and teacher and yarn shop owner. She owns Circle of Stitches. Her yarns are kind of beautifully soft in palette, but they're not pastels. They're subtle colors but not muted. She's done something really kind of special with how she speckles and does tonals. It's lovely. And she has her yarns available on her website, which you can get to via her Instagram account. And also she carries them at Circle of Stitches and collaborates with other people in the industry. So her yarn kind of pops up here and there. And it's exciting whenever you get a chance to get your hands on it. Can we talk about Kemper? Always. (laughs) So Kemper is the dyer behind Junk Yarn. She is on Instagram at Raybot, W-R-A-Y-B-O-T. All of her colorways are inspired by women, whether they're real life women or 
fictional characters. You know, she has like a whole series on little women, for example. Barbie. Barbie. She has an entire series inspired by Barbie in all of her various careers. The hardworking woman. Yeah. Astronaut Barbie. Vintage Barbie. That Fashionista one's not a Barbie. Vintage is a career. <laughs> well, you know, you tried. <laughs> And Kemper's aesthetic in her yarn and just like as a person is like neon Barbie witch. It's amazing. Her yarn is so good. She had planned to take a break from doing shows coincidentally right before all shows were canceled. So mostly you can get her yarn from shops and on her website when she does a shop update. And I imagine she will start doing shows again once shows are like a thing. But in the meantime, look for her online. Kemper's also a really awesome teacher. When she visits shops, she has a couple of different classes she does. She has like a color theory class. She does some designing as well. She was the person a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about combining different colors and we mentioned a class where, you know, you sort of took the shape of your project and you just like colored in to decide what your color palette was. That was Kemper's idea. And that's what she did with her color theory class. It was a shawl that she had designed and then she was like having people color in to see what yarn they want to use. One of the other things I really like about Kemper when she comes to visit your store, like she'll come and do a trunk show, but if she's trying to help you, the knitter, find the perfect combination for your project, she will go around and pull other people's yarn to combine with her yarn, which Mm -hmm. I think is really awesome. I love when dyers do that. She knows what looks good together. Yeah. And can identify what you're looking for. Yeah. She has a really great eye. We also collaborated with Kemper at the beginning of the month. Oh, yeah. To celebrate Pride. She dyed a colorway called Billy after Billie Jean King. And it was like a magical neon take on a rainbow, kind of inspired by 80s era athletic wear. And it was fantastic. And people loved it. And we don't have any more of it left. But maybe at some point, she'll dye some more for us. Yeah, I think she has said that she'd be willing to do it again. And in the time before that, I want to learn how to photograph neons better because it was really hard to show how cool that yarn was. It's It's beautiful. So bright. Mm -hmm. The next dyer we're going to tell you about is Pearl Scout Yarn. Victoria Beth is the dyer. And on Instagram, she's at Pearl Scout Yarns. So Victoria Beth is a natural dyer and equally as interesting. She is also a professional circus artist. No. And coach. Yes, I think she does aerialist type circus things. And on her Instagram page, there is a combination of gorgeous yarn and her like floating in the air suspended from like silks. Awesome. It's really neat. How many people do you know who do circus work? Probably not many. (laughs) Maybe some. Or you are yourself a circus worker, in which case, like, 80% of the people you know do circus work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is that situation for people, too. Uh Uh-huh. She's also a Sailor Moon enthusiast. Also, I think Kemper is. There's a lot of Sailor Moon love out there. But the Pearl Scout logo is actually kind of Sailor Moon inspired, I think. So she focuses on eco-friendly yarns and environmentally safe dye materials. She uses things like food scraps and plant and bug-derived pigments to dye her yarns. And they're just really lovely. So you should give her a follow as well and see what kinds of things she's cooking up in her dye pots. M3 yarn. M is like Mike. 
and or Mackenzie or Mackenzie and and three is the number Mackenzie is the name of the dyer who does m3 yarn and on Instagram she is m to the third em in that case she's a Boston-based natural dyer so kind of local to us which is pretty exciting she used to live in the Bay Area and when she was there she was involved in urban gardening and farm initiatives and she actually learned about natural dyeing when she worked for a verb for keeping warm in Oakland which is awesome. So A Verb for Keeping Warm is owned by Christine and Adrian, and they are dyers, natural dyers, and shop owners, and textile artists, and authors, and a Dachshund-loving family. They have beautiful little dogs that you can peek on their Instagram account. You can follow them on Instagram at A-V-F-K-W, so a, a Verb for Keeping Warm, just the initials. And they've published two books on natural dyeing. So they're kind of like natural dye experts that we could all learn from. And those books are Journeys in Natural Dyeing and The Modern Natural Dyer. And they also make a cute little natural dye journal that, if you're going to try your hand at this at home, is a great place for you to keep notes on your dye process. Do they still do those indigo kits? I don't know if they still do. We used to have them in our shop. It's worth checking. If you want to try your hand at natural dyeing and you don't want to like do a ton of assembling of the materials that you would need, if they still do these, they used to do these little, they were like a big mason jar with some stuff you would need to just do indigo dyeing of, I think it was a handkerchief. Mm -hmm. Kind of fun. Yep. Little self-contained unit of natural dye stuffs. Totally not a mason jar, just a regular jar. I feel like it's 2021. There are definitely jar purists out there who would send us an email. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Local to us in New Hampshire, 100 Ravens, Cal and Becca. You can find them on Instagram at 100 Ravens. They were one of the first indies that we worked with and they have, they've been doing this for a while and they do a really neat mix of like really gorgeous tonals and some variegated yarn and a bunch of different things that you know, they've been, they've been doing this forever. So they have a ton of techniques that they bring out. They have a really wide variety of bases that they dye on. I think their yak base was my favorite of theirs. It's such amazing sock yarn. Yes. Yaksha. Yes. It's beautiful. They dyed a really good colorway for us for Cast On Club last year. Maybe, maybe it was last year, which sold out immediately. Like we just barely had a chance to look at it ourselves. And Cal had told me the story about how they ended up with the name 100 Ravens, which I think is an amazing story. I don't know this story. So they wanted to name, they asked their kid oh. what to name it. And Cal was like, I want to name it after something really good. And the kid said, 100 Ravens. 100 Ravens are really good. Really? Yeah. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> huh. Cal was like, so Ravens? And the kid said, no, 100 Ravens. <laughs> Specifically, this number. Yes. I agree. I support this. They have a variety of like mythologically themed and then like fandomy themed colorways and Mm -hmm. lots of good yarn. Go check them out. It's fun. So I feel like I'm our our way back machine person today (laughs) or our throwback to our last episode at least because the next person I'm going to tell you about is Ash from Sunflower Knit. And you can find them online on Instagram, at Sunflower Knit. In addition to being a knitwear designer, Ash is also a natural dyer and fiber witch. 
we have their roots fingering base in our shop and it's beautiful. It's like a rustic single ply fingering weight yarn that's all Canadian wool and they use foraged and harvested natural plant materials. They were our cast on club dyer, I want to say in January. It was January. January of this year. And they used Brazil wood to dye our yarn. And it was amazing. There were like nine different dye lots and they used different mordants. And it was just all over the place, like the same color, but like different variations of tone and saturation. And it was beautiful from like pale peaches to like really intense, dark pinks. It was gorgeous. One of the things I really like about their yarn is that they write on the ball band. They label their colors as the dye source and then the mordant, which is the the thing that you use to set the dye. So for acid-based dyes, you know, it's the vinegar or the citric acid that the dyer is using. For natural-based, it can be kind of all over the place. I really appreciate that from like a learning standpoint, that they put that information right on their ball band so you can see. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Brooke from I Am Fully Spun, who's on Instagram at I Am Fully Spun, does really gorgeous colorways and dyes both yarn and then also fiber for spinning. She did a huge pride collection this year, and some of the colorways are already sold out, but you can still find a few of them on her website. And I imagine if she did one this year, she might be doing another one next year. So check out her website early in the month on June 2022, which is somehow already next year. And she was a featured dyer for the February Fiber in Color box that Darcy Does It organizes. The theme for that box was Black Cinema, and Brooke dyed a colorway inspired by how Stella got her groove back, which was a really good colorway. Yeah, it was fantastic. On Brooke's website, there's a picture of her wearing a sweater that she made with that color, and it's kind of beautiful and speckled and really vibrant. Undercover Otter is our next dyer. Aiden is the dyer, and you can find them on Instagram at undercover underscore otter. And Aiden is an Amsterdam-based dyer. They specialize in bright, saturated colors with outlandish names. This is how they describe their colorway names. So I'm not calling them outlandish. They are proud that their (laughs) names for colors are outlandish. And when they started dyeing, and making their yarn available to the public. It was exclusively available at Stephen and Penelope because that was their local yarn shop. But now you can find it in LYSs all around the world, and it's pretty exciting. I think that a lot of Stephen West's designs for a period of time were using Undercover Otter as the yarn bases. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Our last dyer for you this week is Mina from Starbath Dyes. You can find them on Instagram at Starbath Dyes, D-Y-E-S. And they're a new natural dyer in Canada. Their first shop update was in March of this year. And they just have a really lovely soft palette. And they just released a Gemini season colorway dyed with nettle and matter, which in the same theme, like, I just, I just love that. It's super pretty, like pinks and greens. And it's exciting. Gemini's, you got nice colors. (laughs) So like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are going to link to everybody's Instagram. That was a lot of names. So many names. I love the inclusivity of this community. Just people are so cool. As we were getting ready for this episode and you're looking through like, what do people do when they're not dyeing yarn? They're doing cool things. 
Mm-hmm. Some of them are spinning around on silks. Some of them are helping you learn to do speech better. People are activists and artists and just there's so much love. Yeah, it's beautiful. Go check everyone out. What's on your needles? Oh, so I finished something. Whoa. Yeah. I did. I finished my Tomas. Yay. That's been in progress forever. And now it's a vest. And at this moment, it is soaking in a bath, thinking about its life. I'm going to block it and wait until it gets cold again to wear it, I think. (laughs) And then I'm almost done with those triple butt shorts. I waited for an unreasonable amount of time to split for the legs. And I don't know what my problem was. I don't know if I thought this was going to be difficult. Why? I've made a million sweaters and I've also knit pants before. Not for me, but like baby and toddler size pants. I understand the construction, but like I could not bring myself to do it. Hmm. Maybe it's because I'm scared to wear shorts. <laughs> yeah, but I started working on one of the legs, if you can call it that. They're pretty short last night, and I think I'll be done in the next couple of days. Hey, Karen, what's on your needles? Okay, so I'm still working on my dingly dowel, but I am doing it at the most glacial of glacial paces mm-hmm. because it'll be one week from when this episode posts. I'm going to be having some not a super big deal, but outpatient surgery on my wrist. And I have started to have it be really irritated by knitting. So I've just been, I do like two rows and then I put my knitting down and I'm not going to be able to do any immediately after the surgery. So you would think I would be knitting all the things, but I don't want to make it any worse. You can't knit all the things you have an injury. Right. (laughs) Like you need to heal. Yeah. You can knit all the things later. Mostly I am just taking my dingley dell out of my bag and thinking about how much I'd like to be wearing it and how far away I am from there and how it's probably going to be August before I finish it. Let's be realistic. It's going to be August before I finish it. Sometimes it's nice to just have your knitting set in your lap. I do that sometimes and I'm not having surgery on anything. It's the world's tiniest blanket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a comfort object. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Jessica. Yes, Karen. Are you ready for a letter? Yay, let's do it. This week's letter is from Kelly. Hey, Kelly. I'm writing with a question that I've always wondered about, but always been too embarrassed to ask in a yarn shop, so I'm going to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. I finally broke down and bought myself a winder during COVID because I've been doing all of my yarn shopping online. Why is nice yarn sold in skeins that need to be balled up before you can knit with them? Why isn't it sold in balls or in some other way that you can just knit right from it? Box store yarn doesn't usually need to be wound, but all the yarn you get from a local yarn shop does. Oh, that's a good question. And in fairness, some nice yarns do come in what's called a bullet or a ball, like a center pull ball already ready to knit from. We just got some Di Gilpin into the shop today and her lamb's wool comes in a little ball that you can just start knitting from, no work required on the front end. But largely, yarn comes in skeins when it's hand dyed, also from mills, but because it's good for the yarn. Not having it pre-wound into a ball lets those fibers stay relaxed, which means there's no additional tension put on it. 
And that's also why yarn shops frequently will tell you that if you don't plan to knit your yarn in the near future, it's better to just leave it in the skein instead of winding it into a center pull ball and then tucking it away in your stash, never to be seen again. (laughs) Once you have wound your yarn, there is tension placed on that fiber. And if you pull it out of your stash after it's sitting there for some extended period of time, like I not too long ago pulled out a ball that was maybe from before we moved to New Hampshire, and it was definitely all caked up, and I started to work from it, and there were breaks in the fiber. Ooh, It was maybe in that ball for a number of years before we moved to New Hampshire. (laughs) I have no idea how long it sat like this, but it was not good for it. Also, yarn is skeined and twisted like that for other reasons, like if it comes from the mill in a big cone, that is an effective way for a dyer to measure off yardage and twist it and get it to its destination. It's helpful in the dyeing process. Like indie dyers, some people order yarn on cones and create the skeins themselves. But others order their base as skeins, and that allows it to be untwisted and open so the yarn is in a big loop, kind of like a wound-up extension cord, like if you wrap it around your arm or like a hose, like that's how that skein is when it's not twisted. And that allows dyers to either put it in a big deep dye bath, like in a big stock pot, or lay it out in pans to apply speckles or other techniques. So it's useful in a number of different reasons, but for storage purposes. I would say letting your yarn stay in skeins is best. Well, and I would say that the reason, for example, yarn that you would get from a box store might already be wound up. There's two reasons. One is that largely, like if you're talking about somewhere like Michael's or Walmart or Joann's or Ben Franklin or whatever your your local crafty box store is, there's a different expectation of the amount of interaction you're going to be having with an employee. I would say it's probably less likely that you're going to, that Michaels would want to pay their employee, frankly, to wind the yarn for you. It's more worth their time to have it already be that way. And a lot of times those yarns have acrylic content, which means that it's not the same kind of tension issue, right? Something that is at least partially a plastic fiber isn't going to break down under tension in the same way. The other thing, so what Jessica was just saying about like, if you're going to wind it and store it for a long time, there may be tension problems. Yes, but also people do things like buy sweaters from thrift stores and reclaim the yarn. So it's not like if you have a cake that you've left sit, it's not going to go stale, right? Like (laughs) (laughs) It's not that kind of cake. You can still work with that yarn. You may just find some spots that are a little bit worse for wear. If you've wound it tight. Right. Like if it's a loose, loosely wound skein, you're probably in good shape. But if you have cranked it out on a ball winder really fast, there's a lot of tension on that fiber. And historically, I've been a fast winder. Right. <laughs> and have created some really tight balls that maybe in my more current knitter life, I would never do. But I <laughs> periodically pull things out of my stash and I was like, oh, I've done bad things to this yarn. <laughs> I think probably, and I can't speak with actual first-person knowledge of this, but like big commercial mills creating synthetic fiber yarns, I imagine, undergoes a different process than traditional woolen mills. And there may be different equipment involved that like allows for the production of like 
bullets and cakes as their most efficient way to put up yarn. Creating hinks and twisting into skeins is a lot more like human labor intensive. So I think it has to do with scale of production and things like that too. I will say that if you have gotten yourself a ball winder that you're using at home now, your ball winding life will be easier if you also have a swift. Yes. Because you need something to hold that skein of yarn open when you're winding. There was someone in the shop the other day who told us that she sets up a system of two wine bottles because she doesn't have a swift. And she opens up her skein and puts it over that to keep it open while she's winding. Some people will put things over the back of a chair, like a high back chair. But that's not going to be as easy as if you have a swift, something that's going to like spin and let the yarn release. That's going to be kind of slow and arduous. Yeah. And I would say if you are thinking about getting some equipment for yourself and you are only interested in getting one of the two pieces of equipment, a swift before a winder, because you can put the skein on the swift and then hand wind the ball and it will turn for you. And that will sort of eliminate the annoying part of hand winding the skein which is that it's looped around your knees or around your neck or over the back of a chair or something. Mm-hmm. And you're having to like manipulate that as well while you wind. Like the swift will still turn even if it's your hands doing the ball winding, right? Mm-hmm. If you try to use a winder without a swift and you don't get it set up just right, you're just going to get a really high velocity tangle. Ugh, it's like the worst <laughs> kind. <laughs> yeah. Fast mistakes are worse than slow mistakes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Fast mistakes are definitely the worst. Yeah. Also, aside, totally not an embarrassing or awkward question. Like, you might get a rambling answer like that at a shop, but like, you can ask those things at your local shop. They'll have something to tell you, but I'm happy to tell you too. (laughs) I think that might be it for us this week. Yeah. So, before we go, don't forget that in just a couple of days, Our summer knit-along starts. Oh, right. This Friday, July 2nd, which, how? Right. How is it July? Every part of that sentence was fake. But I said it anyways. (laughs) So Friday, July 2nd, we will be going live on Instagram at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to do our knit-along cast-on kickoff. Come and join us. Tell us which Jessie May pattern you are knitting. Tell us what yarn you're using. We will tell you about my project because Karen won't be able to knit anymore for a while. Right. Uh. And just as a reminder, you're always welcome to join our knit-alongs at any point. We start July 2nd. We're going to run through August 31st, but you can hop in at any time. We've had a number of people ask questions about whether or not they can use a work in progress for this knit-along. If you've had a ripple bralette in timeout or a pair of butt shorts sitting in a bag because you're afraid to split for the legs, A, just do it. And B, yes, join the knit along. <laughs> Use our hashtag make good made along, M A E D, like Jesse May, and follow at Scratch Supply Co. and at Make Good Pod on Instagram so we can see your entries and your progress. And you might just win a gift card to scratch help me live vicariously through all of your amazing knits we will there's gonna be so many of us so many projects it's gonna be hot if you aren't subscribed you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever your podcast listening platform of choice is if you have a podcast listening platform of choice that you can't find us on let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get there 
I think we're everywhere, but maybe we're not. We don't know what we don't know. You can email questions to us at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. And follow us on Instagram. That way you can see what we're doing and you can tag us when you do things and we can see what you're doing. So we're going to do our very best to be reposting in our stories people's tags for this knit along. But I have a few, I think this is going to be a lot of people and I think we might break stories. So follow the hashtag also. Oh, yeah. Make good made along. Always follow the hashtag. People are making amazing things. We'll see you next week. Bye.